0: Very privileged, I would say for two reasons: one, grandkids wipe you out. Let me just tell you that right now, and so uh, if it could be a oh, tough service but anyway, Pastor Desmond Burkhard, uh he's been pastoring for ten years, and uh, he's pastored two cities, Riwi, which is just north of Den Haag or The Hague. And he's currently pastoring in a city called Permarand, which is just north of Amsterdam in Holland. And, uh, of course, he did marry my daughter. But he is a fine preacher, and we're very blessed to have him. And uh, another thing to be impressed about is his first language is Dutch. And so he preaches in English, preaches very well, speaks English very well, and so that always impresses, impresses me when people can speak more than one language. So let's welcome Pastor Burkhardt as he comes.
1: Thank you. Hello. <laughs> so if I make a few mistakes in my grammar, my apologies. <laughs> uh, firstly, I want to thank you all for, for praying for my son and uh, just welcoming us uh, into this uh, Congratulations Just in your church, say, man, we always feel very welcome. It feels like coming home, and we we highly appreciate that. Yes, if you have your Bibles with you, you can open your Bibles to uh, Psalm 104, and we'll be reading verse 31. So I don't know how things work in America. Um, Obviously, I've had the privilege to visit your country several times. But one of the things that's very typical in, in the construction in the Netherlands is that the average construction worker uh, has the, uh, the, the tendency to boast about their work. And the way they boast about it is that they, you drive around in the city and they say, hey, do you see that building? Yeah, that building, I made that one. And you drive into the next street, and they say, do you see that building? I also built that one. And that one, and that one, and uh, all of a sudden, you think, man, you built half the city. (laughs) And then when you you ask them, okay, so what did you actually do in that building? And you find out the only thing they did is they screwed the light bulbs into the light fixture. Nah. (laughs) You get the point, right? But it's it's fascinating, if you think about it, that, that here we are, we humans, and we have the tendency to be very proud of the work that we deliver, right? They had one time, one of the last construction projects I did, that they, they hired a external site manager, and I told him, hey, listen, I'm working in my back garden, I'm building a shed, small shed, eight feet by maybe 16 feet, and I showed him a few pictures, and he's like, wow, I'm also building a shed. It's like half a house, right? (laughs) So, uh, and and how it works is that they always have pictures on the phone, right? So they can show off. This is what I built. This is what I'm proud of. And it's very fascinating, if you think about this, that we people, we are actually proud of literally any kind of work that we're involved in. I don't know how it works uh, over here, but uh, when me and my wife, we, we, we try this cooking book, and then we cook a dish, and Then I'm very hungry because you've been like one and a half hour in the kitchen and then it smells so good and you just want to bite into the plate of food. And then my wife says, ho, 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 you can't just bite the food. First, make a picture. Oh, yeah, very important. It needs to look very fancy. And you know what happens to the picture, right? It goes on your status. So the whole world will know how awesome and delicious the food was. And the people say, hey, tell me, how did you make that dish? So it's a top secret. So this is how it goes, and I just want you to get this concept that we humans, we have a tendency to just be proud and happy and satisfied of the things that we achieve. And you can do this in any area of life, right? Whether you go to school, whether you're baking, or whether you make a picture, you're proud of the work that you deliver. And the reason why it's important to get this is because of the scripture that we'll read in a a minute, Right? That because we humans, we are created in God's image. And in the same way that we are proud of our work, it's the same way that God looks at His work. Let's read together Psalm 104. Or we'll be reading verse 31. This is what the Bible says. May the glory of the Lord continue forever. And then this part is important. The Lord has pleasure in all He has made it's very fascinating if you think about it, that God has a way of looking at our life. God has a way of looking at this specific church. And he says, I'm rejoicing. I'm, I'm taking pleasure in what I have been making. Well, let's take a first look at this, that God has a tendency to, to be happy or to rejoice in this work. A few things that we can take out of this scripture is that you can only be rejoicing about your work if you've actually done some work, right? It says something about God. It says something that God is a working God, something that you have to keep in your heart, right? That, that God is a God who is a working God. Just the same way as fire. Fire has this property, the property that it gives heat, right? And also that it gives light. And so one of the properties of snow is that it's cold, And when we talk about God, then one of the properties of God is that he is a working God. I've never heard or read in the scripture that God said, I will make myself a king size bed and rest forever. That's not what he says. The Bible says that he is a working God. And also, Jesus says that in John 5, verse 16. John 5, verse 17. My apologies. This is what Jesus says. He says, my father... He is always working, and so am I. Some Bible commentator says about this, God is the one that never ceases to create, and he never takes a holiday from his work. You have to understand, when God stops working, we all will have a problem, right? My children, they have uh, children books, of course. <laughs> and one of the books is Beerstein Beers, and one of the... Of the stories is about Mama Bear stopping to work for a week. And they all have a problem. The laundry piles up. All of a sudden they're like, wait, there's no food in the refrigerator? And it's the same way with God, right? If God stops to work, we have a serious problem. He's the one that keeps everything alive, He's the one who walls the stars. He, he causes the grass, the tree, and the flowers to grow. And He's the one who also helps us in everything that we do in our life. It's through His providence that we can do certain things in our lives. Well, the other aspect is, is that so we're talking about a working God, but when you work, you use your talents, all right? There's a reason why I don't do certain work. It's because I'm not talented in it. Some people have reminded me of that. Amen. <laughs> but skilled people they are involved in certain specific works because they're good at it, right? The Bible speaks about a man called Huram-Abi. I don't know if I pronounce it right, but you can read it in Second Chronicles 2, verse 13. And he's a guy, he's, he's asked to help to build the temple. He's hired by Solomon to build the temple. And the reason why they hired him is because he's a talented and skilled worker, and he's a professional in what he is doing in Exodus 31, verse 2 to verse 5. I'm not going to read it all, but it talks about a man called Bisaleel. And he is a man, the Bible says that he is a man with wisdom, insights, knowledge, and craftsmanship. And then it's interesting what it says in verse 4. It says that he is talented to design something, and to also execute it in gold, silver, and copper. So here's the Bible, and it clearly says, these people, they are skilled. They know what they're doing. They are talented, and they create a design, and they know how to execute that design. So in everything what we do, we know you can be a, become a specialist in what you do, right? There's people in my church, when they bake a cake, I don't even dare to eat it. They make it so pretty. They put these little flowers on it, super detailed. And when you have to cut the cake, I always feel like, oh, man, I just broke your artwork. <laughs> but it tasted delicious. <laughs> and, and so it is with, with everything. in what we do in our, in, in our life is that we, we hire experts. And it's important that you understand it's also very fascinating that we're even willing to pay to see an expert at work, right? We pay professional NFL players to throw an American football. I never get asked to get to, to paid with money to throw football, right? And you understand why, because I'm Dutch, I don't know how to throw an American football. <laughs> but it's also fascinating what we have in the Netherlands. We, uh, we, all of a the sudden, there's a hype in the Netherlands, and they like Formula One. And one of the reasons why is because all of a the sudden, there's a Dutch guy driving a car, and he gets paid good money. I think per race, he gets about about $750 to just drive a car. I don't know how it is with you. I never get paid to drive a car. I only get speeding tickets. (laughs) That's the problem. But it's fascinating if you think about it, that, that here are people, they're willing to pay a good price to see a race, to see a game, and the reason why they're willing to pay that price is to say, hey, we want to see an expert at work. We are thrilled what this expert can do, and this is the same way how we should be thrilled about the work of God. When God gets involved, and when God is doing a work, he'll be using some of his talents. Ooh, that's next level, right? He's using his unending wisdom, his unending insights, unending knowledge, unending craftsmanship, to make a design and to execute all his designs. That's mind-blowing. Here's God, and he says, I'm a God who is working. I'm a a God who is using his talents. And then he says, I'm also rejoicing about the work that I have done. Isn't that fascinating? That here's God, and he looks at the work of his own hands, and he says, this is good. This is really well done. See, when I say it, then we say, you're proud. When God says it, you must have a good reason to say that it's good, right? When you just read Genesis, in Genesis, we know we know the chapter, right? God created everything. But then in Genesis 1, verse 31, here's God looking at everything He has made. The Bible says this, Genesis 1, verse 31, Then God looked over all He had made, and He saw that it was very good. See? Scripture didn't say, hey, he looked at it and he said, you know, this is quite okay. It's not what he says. He doesn't even say it's good. He says, this is very good. He is proud of what he has made. And the reason why he's proud of what he has made is because his creation reflects his wisdom. It reflects the manifestation of his almighty power. He says, my creation, it shows his goodness and his unending love. And this is the reason why God can say, my creation is good. And that's just, it's not just good. It's very good. God says, this is a very good work, and I'm very happy about this. So now we get the concept right. We do good works. God does works. He's proud about it. And sometimes when we read about it, it feels very like it's a distance, right? It's not very closely to us. So let's look secondly at being a work of God, because it's something very personal. The work of God is something very personal. It's also something in your own personal life, something that you can experience on a personal level. And the reason why is because you as a person, you're a work of God. This congregation is also a work of God. Churches that you're sending out from this place are also a work of God. And sometimes we can think, oh, yeah, God does work and it feels something very far distant, but it's closer than you can think. See, until this very moment, God is at work for your personal life and He's working things ahead of time to make sure that you're walking in the plan that He has for you. We have a lady in our church. I think she got saved four or five months ago. It's fascinating. For me as a pastor as well, her name is Sue. She says the first time she got the Bible was in 2013. Can you imagine that? She got the Bible, and she reads the Bible, doesn't know anything about Christianity or about religion, or anything. She said in her life uh, since then, she has tried to visit several churches. She goes to a gym, and one of the ladies in our church, she goes to the gym as well. And she witnesses to her And she actually told her I'm actually looking for a church I have no clue in, in what I need to be looking for She comes to a church She gets radically saved um, Gets healed uh, Stops working on Sunday All this kind of stuff But it's fascinating if you think about it That God already More than 10 years ago Already started working in her life, right? And working things out and here we are, and we think like, oh, you know, I just started testifying to this lady at the gym, and uh, she came to church. God has been busy longer than we think. And this is something fascinating, if you get a hold of that, that, that what God is doing, it just didn't start all of a sudden, oh, yeah, hey, maybe I should also start working in your life. No, he's already been busy with you for a very long time. And what the Bible says, and this is the most amazing thing about getting saved, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, Second Corinthians 5, and 17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and new life has begun. See, that's not a work of man. It's not something that you get through program. It's not something even that I or Pastor Sullivan can give, right? It's a work of God's Holy Spirit in someone's heart. Another Bible verse says this. Philippians 1, 6. Philippians 1, 6 says this, And I am certain that God will begin the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finished, on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Hey, that's encouraging, right? That God says, I started something good in your life. I'm not done yet. As long as you're breathing, or as long as Jesus Christ stays away, you will still be doing a very good and fascinating work in your personal life. So God starts to do something, and it's something very personal. It's something that's made fit to your personal life, something that fits to your talents and the plans that He has for your life. And it's fascinating to me, if you think about it, that God, the Creator of heaven and universe, is using all his talents for something for your personal life. See, what you have to understand about God's work, God's work in your personal life, is way bigger than you can think or imagine of. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Some people, <laughs> when they talk to me, they, they get their whole life planned out, right? They say, oh, you know, like, I'm going to do this education, I'm going to get so many children, I already know the names, etc., etc." and then when I'm going to retire, I'm going to live there. I mean, that's our plan. But can you imagine what God's plans look like? That He also has all things worked out, and God's plans are better, Bigger, more amazing Me and my wife, sometimes we look back And I know I've been 10 years in ministry right now But it feels like from the moment that I got saved I stepped into this roller coaster, And it just hasn't stopped it just keeps on going And and each time I, cut, I, I, I come to an intersection And then it's again to make this decision Okay God, not my plan, but your plan And it feels like I'm losing so much to only find out, I only get something better. And it's not only better, it's bigger. And God's plan for your life is not only better, bigger, but it also involves other people's lives, people that God wants you to influence. This is what Jesus says about Peter, Matthew 16, verse 18. In Matthew 16, verse 18, the Bible says this, Now I say to you that you are Peter, And upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Isn't that fascinating? That here's Jesus, and he looks at Peter, and he says, this is my plan for your life. I'm going to build a church on your life. I'm going to make sure that you're going to influence other people. And this is the same way God looks at you and at my life, and he says, I want to build something amazing. I have people planned in your life that you're going to meet, and you're going to be able to influence them, touch their hearts to the words that I inspire you to to, to speak. They'll get saved. And God says, it's because you've become a good work in my hands. See, I think that, that God has meant us to do good works. And one of the reasons why is because it's a reflection of God's love for the people that he loves. And we live in this world, we live in such a broken world. Right? We heard it during the testimony of the team. You come in certain areas, and it's just brokenness. And the works of God always have had the focus of being a blessing to people, a blessing for salvation, a blessing for restoration. And God wants to always build something amazing with your life, and it's something that we should be excited about, right? Let's look lastly at that. Let's look about being happy about the work that God wants to do in your life. See, in Psalm 104, verse 31, it mentions about God taking pleasure in all he has made. But a few verses further down, in Psalm 104, verse 34, the Bible says this, May all of my thoughts be pleasing to him. And then it makes this declaration. It says, For I rejoice in the Lord. See, we know how God looks at his work, right? Right? And now the question is, how do you look at His work? Not everybody is happy with His work. It's really weird, but it's really true. But here's the psalmist, and he says, I choose to rejoice in God. I choose to rejoice in the work that God has been doing. And sometimes people look at God's work and say, ah, I'm really not that happy with it. And the reason why we're not happy with it is because of our sinful nature. A sinful nature, the reason why it's a sinful nature is because it's all orientated about ourselves, And sometimes it's not happy what God is doing because God tends to bless other people. Amen? <laughs> and sometimes we, we, we think, oh, God, I don't want it. Sometimes we think, God, I want to go in other direction. And then we get back to the same point about giving control back to God and believing that God knows better. We had the privilege uh, during the conference in the Netherlands to have Pastor Greg Mitchell. And one of the statements he made, and he actually made it during the Bible study this morning as well, he said, God is just incredibly wise. And he says, the older I get, the more wiser I think he is. <laughs> and it's the truth in there. It's, 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 it's that as older you get, and you see God move, and you surrender yourself, you can truly say, God, you really knew what you what you were going to do but sometimes it's very hard to surrender in that and to say, God, I believe that you're willing to do something amazing. See, when you look at the work of God, you have to believe the work of God is something really good. As you know, my son, he, uh, he had to go to the hospital. It was very sudden. It started on the Sunday. We had an amazing baptism service in the morning. <laughs> Rain. We didn't have to fill the pool as much. We did it outside. The rain did most of the work. But uh, my son already started complaining at that moment. It's like, my belly hurts. My belly hurts. It's like, you didn't eat your breakfast. You should have eaten your breakfast, and then you will be fine. But that kept on going. So we went in and out of the hospital uh, to the doctor, etc., until Wednesday night. They said, okay, hey, you need an operation. But can you imagine from a perspective from the, from the surgeon? A patient comes in, you know, hand on the belly, bends for over, and he says, my belly hurts. And the doctor says, I know what you have, and I can fix you. And the patient will say, please fix me, because the pain is horrible. I want to be able to eat, and I want to be able to enjoy the upcoming holiday. Please fix it on time. (laughs) And that's what the surgeon did. Amen, we're very happy with that. But it's the same way that God looks at people's lives. So people come in, and they never come in perfect in church. Even though you can think, you know, you can be raised up as a church kid, but you're also not perfect. We also, we all have our shortcomings, and we come into God's kingdom. Then God's renovation project starts, and he starts doing an amazing work in our lives, but he can only do the works in your lives if you let him. One of the projects that I did, a hotel project, You can only start with the project as soon as the owner hands over the keys and lets you go into the building and gives you permission to do whatever you want in that building to make it something new. And it's the same way in our personal life. If you tell God, God, you're welcome in this area, but not welcome in that area, it means that you'll be missing out something of God in that area in your life, right? So this lady, Sue, that I talked about earlier, one of the things that she mentioned, she says, what God is doing has been so awesome. It's been so good. (laughs) This is the comment she made. She said, he's doing it so fast. It's a little bit too fast for me. I said, I want it to go a little bit slower. But she says, it's so good, I also don't want it to stop. So I don't know what I want. Do, do I want it to become less or do I want it to become more? So I'm praying for you that you want it to become more. Amen. And it should be the same way that we look at our personal life. That you look at your life and say, God, what you've been doing in my life has been so awesome. It's been so amazing. It's fascinating. And I want you to do it again. I want you to do it more. I want you to do it bigger. And if I look at my own personal life, we've had the privilege to experience so many miracles. It's not because I'm so special but it's really God's grace coming down on our lives. And there are many things of which I can truly say, man, I was stupid, I was stubborn, and I still got God's grace. grace. It's fascinating, undeserved. We had a healing crusade in the Netherlands. When you see that, it's fascinating. People get healed, broken bones, dislocated shoulders, (laughs) sport injuries, you name it. One person had uh, like a dysfunctioning liver, all that kind of stuff. And when you look at that, and you see people healed, that makes me excited to see God work in such a powerful way, amen. One thing that I really like from my, from my personal side, I really love evangelism. I love evangelism, and I love praying for the sick. And the reason why is because you see God's miracle, God's miracle working power released. It's fascinating to me that you pray for the sick and the only thing you do is that you speak a few words and God's power gets released, people get healed, and it's the same with, 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 with how people get saved. You speak words, you believe in God, and your whole life gets transformed. And when you see that happen, it's kind of addictive, but it's a good thing, and you should create a, 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 a attitude around it that you say, like, hey, The work of God is a good thing. I rejoice in that. And that you keep in mind that the way you look at the church, the way you look at your brother, sister in church, the way you look at new comforts, that you have to remember yourself hey, this is not a work of man. This is a work of God. And one of the things that I really rejoice about as a pastor is that I can look at people in my congregation. And with some people, they came in, and I just know, man, you're trouble. And that you see God working with them And that God gets a hold of them And if you would have asked me I would have told you I have already given up on them Just God grabs them And he brings them back to church And just to see how God is working And building his church And that I'm just a co-worker I'm working along what God is doing Here in the city where I am at And you can do the same here In in, in Rochester, amen And believe that God wants to do something fascinating. I know if you look at this auditorium, you know, like, God can fill up this place. You have an amazing balcony. God can fill up that as well. And that you can think, like, hey, God only started. There's a reason why God put dignity on this church, right? There's a reason why God gave you this big building. He could also have given you another building. But the reason why is because he's got good plans for this church, amen? I want to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes while we pray, do an altar call. Yes, Father, I thank you that you're here at this place. I want to ask you to move with your Holy Spirit, touch each heart, convince us if we have sin or not. Amen. And maybe you're here, I want to do an altar call, and one of the things that we do in our church is we invite people to let Jesus Christ In your heart. And just as I mentioned, when construction companies start a project, especially in renovation, they can only start when the owner hands over the keys of the building and only then they can start the renovation. It's the same with our personal life. If you want to experience Christ in your life, if you want to experience His miracle working power, the key to this change is handing over your life to Jesus Christ so that he can do something new in your personal life and maybe you're here and God is convicting you that that you're that person that you're the person that needs to surrender your life that you realize hey I have sin in my life I need to become born again I want to see Jesus Christ do something new in my life if you're that person no one is looking around but this is something between you and God if you're that person please raise up your hand if you're the person and you want to give over your life to Jesus Christ if you're that person or maybe backslidden you had a relationship with God but through time you lost it you allowed sin to become part of your life again if you're that person please raise up your hand I'll give the invite one more time if you're here this morning and you know you're not right before God and you want to become born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, please raise up your hand. Amen. I'm going to do an altar call for Christians this morning. We've looked this morning at how God rejoices in His work. It's a great reminder that what we are involved in is not a work of man, it's a work of God. And when you think about what God can do, what God is good at, then it should give us no doubt in trusting him and the things that he do. And that there's a God that who looks at your life and He says, I'm happy with what I've been doing in your life. The way you got saved, the way you've been built up. And that you have to believe that God has a bigger plan, that God only has started. And as long as we're breathing, God will be doing a great work in your life. And maybe God has convicted. giving you a a conviction over certain areas. Maybe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you on certain areas. I want to give you the opportunity to find God. I want to open these altars. Please come forward. Take some time to pray. Involve God in your life. Amen. Lord, I come into your
2: holy place. I stand in the door of your place. And grace, and who am I that you would care for me? I glorify the one who died for Lord, I come, and Lord, I come into your holy place and stand in door of your cleansing grace and who am I that you would care for me I glorify the one glorified and glorify glorify and let your name be up and glorify, and let the earth tremble at your name, and let your name be lifted up in glory, into your hands, into your hands, I commit my life, and day by day, as a living sacrifice and who in mind that you would care for me I glorify 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 and glorify glorify and let your name be Sing that one last time. Glorify, glorify, and glorify.